0: Welcome to Trunk Church. Come drink the blood of God with us. Bless you for being an angel Just when it seemed that heaven was not for me Cosima V. Concordia.
1: And my name is Aurora Leborn.
0: Okay. So, hello, everybody. So, last week we started delving into fascinating fascism, our critique of it, and also through the context of um, lots of the writing of Leatherfolk. And so, today we're going to finish that up for you. And, um, Also, even though we recorded this or like the bulk of the episode a while ago, we're recording this um, quite a few days afterward. And we just want to say that the queen just died. So I feel like that's like a nice, a nice little like vibe gift um, for you. So now you can just like listen to this episode and be like, yeah, that's it's neat. I don't know.
1: There's
0: a little bit less fascism in this world just a just, just a little bit less, yeah, yeah, and I mean, like fascism you know will make new fascists for it, but still you know if a, a fascist being gone is is a uh, we're 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 into um you know countries that have colonized most of the worlds the the monarchs of them no longer being alive, that's just like kind of you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you remember when um is it King Charles? They all have like the same name. Um when Yeah, he they're died, not very
0: original with their names.
1: <laughs> but I think no names with like abolish the government or death to all oh she said death to all colonizers and like an hour later he died. She, she like <laughs> tweeted it. She's like, Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait, wait, she had, she had I did no not.
1: way of knowing this, but like <laughs> I did not one? know
0: that. That is oh, very so
1: funny. Hilarious. The deaths of our colonizers. And then. Mm-hmm. Sadly yeah. I the mean, like,
0: the, the internet is a pretty wonderful place right now. Like, lots of my ancestors came from Ireland during the potato famine <laughs> to, to the US. And so, I don't know. It's just, it's, uh, the, the vibes are flowing today. They're, they're free flowing vibes. Um, so mm-hmm. just, it should feel kind of like, uh, you know, at the end of the original Star Wars trilogy where, like, the whole galaxy is celebrating. Like, I feel like that's that's the vibe right now. So just mm-hmm. listen with that vibe in
1: mind. The real fascist aesthetic that some folks have been worried about is old women wearing jewel tones and gaudy jewelry.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and, and like, mostly stolen from, like, countries that they colonized, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fuckers part of the performance of, like, straight, cis manhood, especially the more conservative you get, but, but certainly across, across the political spectrum, is a maintaining of, like, not being gay. And so I think, like, the more visible that, like, queerness has become, the more that there's been rules around this, like, needing to constantly say, like, no homo or, you know, it's a weird set of rituals, for sure. But just how, how like, lots of the most masculine things are so fucking homosocial. Like, the military? Gay as fuck. Football? Super fucking gay. Mm-hmm. But, like, in the worst possible way. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Sontag is afraid of sexuality taken to its extreme. I'm afraid of the opposite. I'm afraid of things that, and the eroticism is just, like, taken out of it. Because that's, that's horrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, two bros slapping each other across the face with their sabers like if that was just really an erotic scene gazing into each other's eyes seeing who was going to submit first
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> they're wearing
1: leather <laughs> by painting by uh, creating enough atmosphere
0: very good
1: um, there's candles there's music one falls to their knees in front of the other like hypersexual that's okay with me i like that i'm happy for those people um, devoid of all sexuality, so Nazis and their underground fencing clubs doing that. I don't like that. And I think that's bad. So I'm- I'm afraid of the opposite, I'm afraid of sexuality being gone. And that's- maybe that's what sometimes gets wrong, what do you think? When she's afraid of, like, this- the extremes of sexuality, it's when the eroticism
0: disappears that it
1: seems very fine. In my opinion. That's a- that's a strong claim. You can- you can tear me to pieces if you want. <laughs>
0: I do think that that is a good point, but, like, I think that's that's a lot of the point of, like, homo nationalism and kind of the Buttigieg neoliberalism of queerness is that it, it's putting boundaries and borders around queer identities. It's subsuming them into identity rather than into things that are, you know, harder to deal with, like desire. <laughs> and I mean, like, also, like, I have... <laughs> I have a little bit of sympathy for Sontag's misreadings here because like it is true that there was this hyper aestheticization of of masculinity and of leather and that there were certainly people in the leather community um and i'm sure there probably still are somewhere that aestheticize nazi imagery so like enough so that in Leather Folk that, you know, there's this whole essay about basically how like, it's not okay to have a swastika on your arm. So like the public wearing of these symbols not only creates one more barrier to gay equality, like making Dog think that, you know, gay leather men are like fascist, <laughs> um, it violates one of the good cardinal principles of the leather world. Good S&M is consensual and forcing strangers to be an unwilling audience of theatrical displays of Nazism is a form of cruelty. Since some of these spectators have participated in a reality that no decent person would force them to remember. True S&M is not cruel. It is a loving fulfillment of the partner's needs. So it is not acceptable to (laughs) wear, you know, anti-Semitic or homophobic or racist or whatever other imagery in public certainly because you are traumatizing people and there is no way to tell the difference between you and a nazi mm-hmm. you cannot do that shit and like you deserve to get beat up but like he he closes out his essay we're talking about like tom of finland and so tom of finland is you know this mm-hmm. like very famous gay leatherman artist who uh you've you've probably seen his work before but these hyper mask eroticized art bulging loins. yeah bulging loins of like gay leathermen and they're often like figures of authority it's often like cops and all of these like and, and yeah and always just these like giant giant cocks underneath the jeans um but it talks about how he also like made some like nazi art near the beginning of his career but that he also explicitly removed all of that art from circulation and regretted doing it so Tom himself expresses misgivings about drawings he made in his early career. People saw them in a political way because they had Nazis in them. They thought I was a Nazi. I would not do them today because I do not want people Mm. to see them that way. They are my fantasies. (laughs) So there's all of these stories about, you know, different Leathermen, like Leathermen that have swastikas and then they end up being Jewish or they end up being an actual Nazi in a few cases. And then also there's this other time where the author goes home and or or hooks up with this guy and uh goes to his house and it wasn't until after we finished and i went to clean up that i checked out the picture on the living room wall it was a photograph of adolf hitler when i returned to the bedroom i asked nervously how come you have a picture of hitler on your wall he replied casually just for sentimental reasons and i got dressed and left without further discussion glad to escape without a struggle I had no idea whether I had just betrayed my moral and political values by having sex with a Nazi or whether I had simply betrayed my aesthetic values by having sex with someone whose apartment was decorated by a moron. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) I feel like that's a good um, kind of like summary. You know, if you bark like a Nazi, (laughs) like you're a Nazi, (laughs) like you're not allowed to like blur those lines in major ways.
1: It's also a beautiful example of what you talked about with the quote that you introduced us to Leather Folk with about how embracing my love of leather like, gave me a better sense of who I am, but also gave me a good sense of humor because it seems like humor is so vital in navigating those circumstances.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, to think about Leather Folk who you know, navigated like the AIDS epidemic and all that time being like so reviled and seen as just kind of an example of being the problem, like leather, the, the kind of like decadence of of leather sex was, was seen as being responsible for, um, like kind of partially responsible for the AIDS epidemic. And so there was, you know, this conservative wave within some gay activists, not to mention broader straight society that like, Blamed Leatherfolk, even though, like, in a lot of ways, like, Leatherfolk were the ones who designed a lot of, like, safer sex practices, like the catacombs, like, fisting clubs, which, like, both Dykes and Leathermen went to, which were an alternative that, like, still allowed the fullness of, like, sexuality instead of these claims that, like, gay people were responsible for killing themselves just for, like, being people with desires being people who were being themselves and like in a very, very basic way. I think Leather folk did a good job at not blaming the victim.
1: <laughs> and talk a little bit more about homo nationalism and its relationship to homonormativity. So the scary things.
0: Yes. Start start us <laughs> off, Aurora.
1: I'm using these terms with Jasper Puar's work, terrorist assemblages in mind. So, it's this really remarkable book where she critiques this notion, among other things, of homo normativity and homo nationalism. So, the turn in certain queer communities to desire assimilation. So, gay rights are human rights, and humans all want to buy a house, get married, have children, be employed, which Absolutely, 100%, everyone should have those rights. But when you parse through, and this isn't exactly Poor's argument, but just for me to walk through homo, homo- nativity, when you think about what those things are, so it's the right to have a family, the right to participate in capitalism, the right to be recognized by the state, I is that really where we want to put all of our
0: efforts? For sure, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's basically the right to everything that is... Or like lots of the things that are so special about queer life. It's about giving those things up for the promise of a straight gay life, basically.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So that's homonormativity.
0: Like, you know, gay marriage, when it became the focus of all of the different, uh, or so many of the major orgs, and then completely ignored intersectional struggle, like, you know, like fight against like abolishing prisons and abolishing police and it and it abandoned like broader ideas about abolishing legal marriage altogether or even like more radical claims like abolishing the family and instead what it basically did is it allowed the most privileged of gays that assimilate on some level to to have some of the benefits of straight society and i think what we're really seeing you know, with now like the trans moral panic that has now like swung back into also just being straightforwardly homophobic as well, because it's just the same recycled arguments is that we have, you know, the log cabin Republicans and, you know, a bunch of even purported liberal gays who are deeply opposed to anyone outside of the most assimilated and i think this is certainly always this has certainly always been a problem this is a problem about liberation movements in general it was it was certainly true with women's suffrage like with mm-hmm. like the racism and homophobia but the gay and queer liberation movement is certainly not special in that regard where um i think gay marriage has made us worse <laughs> even even as it has given some people some much needed some much needed um you know like the ability to you know see your partner in a hospital being denied that is a really horrific thing but um it also gave gay people investment in a right instead of wanting to just abolish that right altogether and just be able to decide who gets to visit you in the hospital
1: Mm -hmm. i also when i think about medical trauma the right to to visit someone in the hospital room like that was right after the aids epidemic and like during this continuing struggle for like trans trans health care but that's the thing that is just most like palpable for for straight folks so it's pandering of course they couldn't imagine what it would be to be denied care at a hospital to be turned away from the emergency room or to not get the medication or the treatment or the surgeries that you desperately need it's the that thing (laughs)
0: like when we're talking about assimilation sk it's like There are certainly assimilationist gays that are trans. There are certainly assimilationist gays that are that are people of color. But the vast majority of the people we're talking about are cis and white. (laughs) Just to be clear. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So taking homonormativity one step further is then homonationalism. And so once queerness ends up being mobilized, um, like for the good of the nation or in a kind of nation identity affirming queer identity affirming way so the and this happened a couple years after terrorist assemblages came out but there were the repeal of don't ask don't tell or when they officially made it possible for um, queer people to be in the military that would be an example of homo nationalism suddenly queer identity is in, intertwined with a notion of state making identity and it's also 100% fueled by capitalism. So we have this g- group of people, this group of well-to-do queer folks, most of whom are white, most of whom also have assimilationist ideals. And they are super powerful because they have a lot of capital, social, cultural, um, material. And how can the state then mobilize them for its own purposes? It's nationalism. Hopefully that made sense
0: yeah no that made complete sense it was fascinating to watch all of this stuff around transness in the military uh because certainly like it is true that there are trans people who had their you know careers revoked or whatever but also the military shouldn't fucking exist and there are a lot of economic reasons people are coerced to go into the military that's another reason the military shouldn't fucking exist Uh and the fact that it was just so absurd when Biden got into office and, you know, then he like uh, lifted the trans military van and, you know, it was, it was like, oh my God, such an ally. And, and also like past this thing where, where like now, you know, trans people can get like, you know, the healthcare they want in the military, you know, covered by the military. And it's just an extension of the same fucking thing that of like coercing people because of economic reasons into the military which is that you're doing it because people are desperate you aren't actually creating the system of care to support those people and so you're finding a reason to like force people in so you're almost like creating transness like as a military identity um which is really fucking horrific and bad and i hate it
1: mm-hmm. Even, and this is something that you've written about before, the fact that pride flags are going on flagpoles like underneath American flags. Yeah. Yeah. I just find it to be utterly mm-hmm. bizarre. Uh, utterly bizarre. Yeah. And I was trying to think of another symbol from a social movement that we just put up on a flagpole, and I, I couldn't think of any.
0: Yeah, I mean... It is pretty wild to me that, in this kind of, like sense, the kind of like liberalizing of like queer identity, liberalizing isn't a word, um, but uh, but into um all of these like infinitely discrete identities, you know, just smaller and smaller, where you have to identify exactly what you are, and then there's this intense policing around those terms. It's like that's not how language works and that's not how identity works like identity the concept of gay people and the concept of trans people are very new things that were historically produced and does that mean that people that fell in love with people of the same gender or people that identified as people of the opposite sex or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, did have not existed throughout history. Of course not. But our idea of, of that as a concrete identity that is just fundamental to us, like straightness and cisness and transness, that is a very new thing. And we're just continually doing that more and more and more where we're like, you have to identify exactly what you are. And then so much of like, online Mm -hmm. discourse and all of these like, um, is, uh, is just people trying to police each other's identities by saying, uh, like, well, like you do this thing. And so you can't be that. That's not what identities are. And that's not how they've worked throughout history, which is like mostly about action. Like people were gay because you lived in community with gay people and you had like gay love and relationships with other people it wasn't just like this internal thing and it's absolutely a fantastic thing that people who are still in the closet who don't have access to community can like come out Mm -hmm. and can have spaces to like find belonging but like throughout history the things that have been like for instance during the holocaust the things that were policed was gender transgression and sodomy those were the things lesbianism didn't have its own triangle like lesbians that got sent to concentration camps that didn't get sent for other reasons um they got they generally got the black triangle which is also what like roma people got and anarchists got and like people who did not um fit into society correctly Mm -hmm. basically like malcontents Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: I shouldn't laugh, sorry. It's just the malcontents. Like, that's my new sexual identity is malcontent.
0: Yeah, well, like, basically the crime of, like, not being a proper woman, right? Like, not fitting into society as you should, not being with a man in the way that you should. But then, even then, it wasn't policed in the same way that the Pink Triangle was, which was for the crime of gender transgression, specifically of people who were assigned male at birth or mostly perceived as gay men yeah so gender transgression and sodomy
1: <laughs> I know that you and I have talked about sodomy laws and
0: their their history okay Let's see where are we
1: so much on the table
0: yeah I mean we have we have so much to talk about in this podcast we'll have a whole episode on sodomy folks we love sodomy in junk church mm-hmm. we're uh we're inhabitants of of Sodom it's great mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Oh my god. Um let's see anything I'm trying to think if there's anything else about the homo normativity homo because I think that that's what ends up making a distinction between the kind of art that Tom of Finland is making. Or t- Tom of Norway.
0: Tom of Finland. Tom of Finland, yeah. Tom of <laughs> Norway. <laughs> His lesser known twin. <laughs> I'm I'm
1: leaving that in. just <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Um, um, is that it's i idealizing a kind of a kind of body, and we ought to be critical of how that is harmful, like even in contemporary queer life. But it also it's not it's not for nation building purposes. Um. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Unless there is someone out there that is gonna put a Tom of Finland painting or sketch on a on a flag. Uh.
0: Yeah i think that this quote is um, kind of relevant also from the swastika toys essay though we cannot expect to alter behavior which is based on deep-seated needs it is not out of order to educate people about the implications of the imagery they employ and the valid reactions triggered in others when they make their private fantasies publicly visible since we cannot and should not police the imagination of others it seems pointless to get upset over their private fantasies, but it is somewhat disconcerting to see an era of sexual politics, which made sexuality part of history, give way to an era of political sexual fantasies, which reduce history to a sexual aid." And I think that um, I do think it is unethical to not think about your desires. Like where do your desires come from? Like how do your desires function? Like what is the power at play there? And to, um, yeah, and to not harm other people with them by being a fucking weirdo. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, if the, that personal, um, I don't know, not quite, not inventory, I'm trying to figure out what the word is. So to, to take the time to actually think through those things, write them down, talk to them through the people, it's fun. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> it's,
0: yeah one of
1: the best parts about sexuality are those conversations when they're freeing and when they're like when you're doing a degree of um like ask like self question asking and not in this not in a way to police yourself or to feel shame but just to understand like what is it that i want it why do i want it and how do i fit into these things and then how is what am i reifying by putting myself in this position or by identifying with this thing but then what am i spurting and how does this look it's Why we do what
0: we do. Absolutely. I think, like, one of the last things I want to talk about is how, like, the leather community as I know it, while it certainly has people who are interested in it, who are, um, who bring lots of the same structures as we all do of oppression into, like, kink spaces, that the vast majority of people I know are very explicitly anti-fascist, most, much more anti-fascist than people in general. Like, almost everyone has, you know, some variation of leftist politics, and there is also, I think, a much, or at least I see a lot more embrace of, like, different body types and, like, transness. Like, I certainly feel much more comfortable in leather spaces than I do in just like general queer spaces absolutely because i think that there is a much better understanding of like how eroticism and desire function in a way that doesn't make people fucking weird and that doesn't mean again that like racism transphobia fatphobia like ableism Mm -hmm. (laughs) all of those things are obviously present in the leather community as they are everywhere because
1: you can't get out of power as you so well articulated earlier
0: absolutely you can't just
1: make it a Just disappear.
0: Yeah. But but like at least, at least within leather there is the ability to talk about the power. And I think like one of the things that has become so clear, you know, since I transitioned and since I kind of uh, like became a leather queer is that people are not able, so many people are not able to talk about their desires. So, so many of the things that people... Want and that they like really desperately want, they will never even tell the people that they love a lot. Like I've had so many straight people and like married straight people, um, you know, come to me and like talk about like these desires that are that are unfulfilled, and knowing that, and like that's okay, you know, if if that's not something that you're going to pursue, you know, it's yes. but it's a very interesting place both as a trans person and and as a leather queer to be someone who did chase desire even at huge personal cost and societal cost even though being seen in all of these like horrible ways by so many facets of society to chase that anyway and yeah i th- I, I think that that is um it's an interesting positionality to be in okay so now we are going to do confessions uh, aurora will you do the first one for us
1: so considering getting back with my ex because he sent me a dirty t-shirt and a love letter as i mentioned off mic this this one wasn't me but i could see <laughs> a version of myself that would write something like this
0: yeah like i mm-hmm. sent this list to you and <laughs> you immediately were like <laughs> We're like, I just want to be clear. That's not me. Like, <laughs> like, even though it could have been me recently, it's not me anymore. <laughs> <Recently>. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. That does sound a little romantic. Like, I, I get it. I get oh, same.
1: it. Same, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, it also depends on who like the ex is. Like, does the ex really fucking suck? Because. You know, like, I, I still get it, but, like, also don't, you know. Mm-hmm. That's my advice.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have questions. Like, yeah, that's that's a sin t-shirt. that's, like,
0: way worse than most other, other vices.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, I love it when my gross incel acquaintances give me attention, even if it's malicious. There's
1: something worth exploring there. Something kind of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like. I I think it's. Um, you know, I I think that's the a lot of different folks, especially women, but not exclusively. I think the experience of lots of constructs around gender is so built around like male attention. And so often there is, like, a very complicated construct around, like, even, um, like, really fucked up male attention that you don't like, because there's, like, some part that is affirming, even as it's, like, really awful, and you don't want it to happen. So I think this is, like, a normal thing, and, you know, maybe you can take it in new directions.
1: Mm -hmm. I also have to say that the uh, Confessions that I'm looking at, it says... It says Intel and not incel. so when I was reading over these, I had a completely different vision of what this was.
0: (laughs) I'm so sorry. I typed them up from my Instagram thing and I I did write Intel. I'm sorry. That makes literally no sense. I mean, I guess it does gross Intel acquaintances, but I I just don't. I mean, I guess tech people who, you know.
1: Tech bros, Yeah. They're
0: uh,
1: they're incel adjacent, I think.
0: Yeah, certainly could be, certainly could be. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: I didn't pay tuition for school because I hated it and told my dad that kicked me out because I'm gay. Honestly, (laughs) don't pay that tuition. Never pay that tuition.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a very, that's a very understandable, um, Mm -hmm. it's a very understandable impulse, I think. Um, Like, you know, it's it's obviously like ideal to you know be honest but it also depends on your relationship with your dad like we don't have any information about Mm -hmm. that yeah and also like you know tuition in school lots of the time it's kind of a scam and fucking sucks so i get it (laughs) um okay next one i impulsively flew to budapest to spend a weekend with a hungarian dom i met on reddit
1: I didn't know good things happened as a result of Reddit.
0: Yeah, I know. That's honestly, like, a very, quite an impressive, um, accomplishment to, mm. like, like especially someone, um, like, <laughs> uh, like a <an laughs> Hungarian person, um, <laughs> making that con- connection, uh, Yeah, I'm glad it worked out and I hope I hope it all, you know, it's still serving you well. Um, I mean, I met my daddy in my Instagram comments and then had a date a few weeks later. So like I get that. Served me well for sure.
1: (laughs) So love can be found on on the internet. Um called my coworker a pretty boy. Well, he got on his knees for me to pour caramel in his mouth.
0: Honestly, that sounds really hot. I, mm-hmm. you know, and it seems like there's some possibility there if you, you want to explore it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I guess that could be done in jest and have nothing behind it, but probably not. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I worked somewhere where we used to take turns just to feeding each other and making eye contact it was like but i was also i ended up like sort of dating the person that i was doing that with so you're right but also um,
0: <laughs> food yeah, <service> I, things. <laughs> yeah i mean i like i i think that that is objectively a hot um little scene you got there and mm-hmm. so whatever direction you take it in is valid you are valid <laughs> um the last one we have is after sex i am almost always near vomiting even though i feel like i truly enjoyed the moment Mm, i mean i think this one it makes a lot of sense like our bodily reactions we don't always have control over them and are like um you know some people have like trauma histories or there's all types of reasons that could happen and it doesn't necessarily mean like anything's bad and it doesn't necessarily mean you should stop or you know you're not broken. Mm-hmm. like um, obviously if it's something that is like really disturbing for you or something you really want to stop, then you, I think you could definitely explore that. but um, but if not, yeah, yeah I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, sex is strange and confusing. bodies can do lots of different things
0: bodies do so <laughs> many different things <laughs> why do we have them yeah. you know <laughs> yeah like we don't talk about that enough bodies just mm-hmm. doing shit all the time um, and
1: confusing shit they just get more and more confusing too we don't
0: yeah mm-hmm. um and then we added a little bonus one while you read it aurora <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: so had several realizations listening to Welcome to Drunk Church, exclamation point. Thank you and excited to listen to more. Thank you.
0: Yeah, we <laughs> love that. Um, so it's, thank you so much. And speaking of which, we love hearing your comments. We also love mm-hmm. hearing your constructive criticism. We want to continue to build the show in ways that we want to build it, but also that our audience who is engaging with us, wants to because uh we are a congregation here. So that means that we want you to reach out and tell us what's up.
1: Yeah. Tell us like what you're excited about. Because chances are we're probably also excited about it. Or tell us what isn't working. Chances are we're potentially ready to grow or potentially ready ready to <laughs> potentially ready to learn more about audio processing and audio quality. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> even since we, we recorded that first episode, Welcome to Drunk Church, we have mm-hmm. surely improved the audio quality quite significantly. And I am sure that will continue to happen as we go forward. Um, we also have a lot of stuff planned on the Patreon. We really appreciate everyone that has signed up with us. And um, you also get access to our full bonus episodes, review episodes so far for Benedetta and Mad God. And the next one we're going to do is Sallow, which very much connects with the "Fantasy is Death" episode because of you know it's about fascism, and we really hope that um, you join us there. It's a fun time. They're definitely a little bit more um, more casual and and like a little bit less curated than uh, than they are for our official episodes. So. So if you would like to sign up, that's at www.patreon.com slash drunkchurch. And you can follow us on our official Instagram or us individually on Twitter. And uh, we will see you next week.
1: Bless you
0: (laughs) for being an angel. Just when it seemed that heaven was not for me Bless you for building a new dream
1: Just when my
0: old dream crumbled so helplessly